0: Welcome to the Rossin Box,
1: where dancers go for show prep and candid chat. I'm Claire Kretschmar.
0: And I'm Aron Sands, and we are dancers with New York City Ballet. (laughs) Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Rossin Box. As we wrap up our dance season, our spring season, we also come to an end for this season's podcast series of the Russet Box.
1: Yeah and to close out we are gonna finish with an Ask the Dancer series so I guess maybe a week ago or a few weeks ago we put out a question to see what kinds of things the listeners would want to hear about and we received some great responses so we're gonna just go through some of these questions that you guys have asked and hopefully answer some of your questions.
0: Yeah, some of the questions are very good, I have very to say. Very
1: good. Thank you all they for submitting. Think. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, some are deep, some are mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. So here we go. I have the first question, and right. it is, um, aron what is your favorite dancewear brand?
0: Okay, this is a very good question mm-hmm. because I am on the obsessed side of clothing in general mm-hmm. and owning a lot of dance clothes. So... There are two brands that I like, design and quality and product-wise in general. One of them is from Australia. The name is Keto, I believe is pronounced.
1: K-E-T-O.
0: Yeah. It, really cool designs, great fabric, mm-hmm. different things that you might have not seen as much. Now, the other one is the opposite. It's like they only have a few designs and solid colors, no patterns. And this brand is called Sector Four. Sector Four. Sector Four. Four. And the four is in uh, Roman numbers. Mm. Sector Four, and they're from Stockholm. And I stumbled upon them sometime during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I should get some new outfits for whenever we get back out there to have something new to look forward to.
1: Yeah, you definitely, you have curated looks for Mm -hmm. ballet class Mm -hmm. and rehearsals often, and I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. I I mean, a lot of, particularly male dancers, like to wear, like, tights and Mm t-shirts, but I'm not a big t-shirt person. I like either a one-piece, I wear a lot of leotards. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're like a unitard-leotard guy.
0: Yeah, it's like, for work, I like to be very compressed and very tight and for life it's like the loosest fitting <laughs> only double XLs and, yeah. yeah
1: I used to be like that I used to only like like very fitted mm-hmm. clothes for for my dance life mm-hmm. and then somewhere when I got older I was like I don't, when I don't have to be in tight clothes I'm not going to be in tight clothes <laughs> so I think um and, and to answer the question too for me the favorite dancewear brand I don't really have one that sticks mm-hmm. out, but I definitely, in terms of my athleisure clothes that I sometimes wear mm-hmm. in the dance studio, I like outdoor voices.
0: I was gonna say. I like outdoor
1: voices, and I came across them like a few years ago actually through um, a friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. And at that time, too, we actually got it figured out where the the dancers, like, received some of these sweatsuits. And then everybody was like, oh, my goodness. We
0: all got a look.
1: Yeah. I think at least everybody in, in the core got this sweatsuit, and the fabric's super comfy. it's so soft. It's so soft. They call it, like, cloud knit. And so I'm even wearing one of their T-shirts right now, Mm -hmm. their crop tees, which I like to wear sometimes over a leotard if it's just me dancing, especially Mm -hmm. warming up for the day, because I don't like to have too much baggage on when I'm doing class. But I also... There's something for me with, like, a loose shirt that makes... Yeah, I don't know. There's something about, like, a little loose something that makes that frees my arms up so I'm not thinking about, like, being so rigid. Mm -hmm. I don't really know the science behind that.
0: The power of fabric. Yeah. The power of fashion, darling. And it's
1: like a lot of ladies wear skirts, too. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I will do that as well because there's something about having a flowy skirt on when you're doing a particular ballet Mm -hmm. that just changes your mood and how you... Yeah, how you approach the movement.
0: Now that you mentioned, actually, Sasona wore a like silk scarf I saw tied that. as a skirt, and I was like, "Ooh, that's." Good. I really like that look. That's too. good. I
1: really like that look. Um, sometimes I get frustrated with something that ties because it's not like set on my body; like it can yeah, move it around can move like around. a little too much. But I love the look. Yeah, I think it it's so pretty. It's kind of has a vintage. Like back in the day, like the 60s, 70s kind of dancer look, which I like too. Yeah. Um, Which actually, this is a good segue to one of the other questions we want to ask, which is what is your favorite costume?
0: Oof. That's it's uh, yeah, it's a wide pool to choose Mm -hmm. from. Cause I love something intricate and elaborate and long sleeves and beat it. Um, Numbers with a lot of weight, such as, like, Symphony C. Yes, I love those. Or uh, more classical roles, like your costumes in Swan Lake, or Sleeping Beauty, Mm, things mm -hmm. that... Golden Sleeping Beauty.
1: Mm, You like the regal...
0: I love a tunic. Yeah. A lot of
1: people... People don't like tunics.
0: Yeah. As much, because they are hard to get the fit perfectly because you want the perfect fit, but you also want it to fit enough that you can move. Mm -hmm. So there's a fine line, and sometimes it requires more than one fitting. Yeah. And it just requires more time, more attention, Mm -hmm. more feedback. And they might not be as easy as putting a black and white leotard look, which is so comfortable and so simple and so effective that Mm -hmm. I also appreciate dancing with something you don't have to worry about. You know, um, getting stuck um, on the girl's tutu, which happens. The more elaborate you get with the costume, the more chances that like it might be a costume malfunction Mm -hmm. happening on stage. Mm -hmm. But I say it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, 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 Oh, oh. you have to say (laughs) that any jewels costume. Oh, jewels. It's amazing. So I have to good. say big shout out to Karinska. Any Karinska costume awesome, really for <laughs> Karinska me. did a fabulous it's, job. It's absolutely correct. Yeah.
1: And I've heard I've heard from other male dancers, maybe just one, that the Emeralds tunic is actually very comfortable. I don't know if you've had the chance to put it on. I have not
0: had the chance but just yet.
1: Apparently it's very beautiful and
0: equally comfortable. They, I, which is very... All of them in the ballast I have to say, the only one I've worn is the diamonds, diamonds. and it's very comfortable yeah. as well.
1: And the ladies, the ladies are pretty comfortable, too. The only thing on the diamonds costumes is that we have these little kind of feathers on our sleeves. or On the shoulders. For some reason, yeah. there's something on the shoulder that can kind of, like, get into your skin. But it's, it's not the worst thing in the world, and They're that so costume elegant. is so great. And the headpiece for diamonds for the ladies is like this little tiara with white feathers coming mm-hmm. out. It's so great.
0: Also, I love a costume that gets the audience going just like uh, when as the curtain goes up, lights on. Yeah. It'd be they serenade.
1: Yeah, Ruby's does that, too. Rubies.
0: Everybody's just standing there. <laughs> Symphony in C, hello. Symphony in C, everybody's Z. always like, just, They're ready to clap for yeah. those costumes. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just in fifth position. <laughs> also, another good fifth position moment is theme and oh, variations. You're just yeah. waiting in fifth, and yeah. people go wild.
1: People really get excited. Yeah? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I have. Yeah, what f- is your favorite? I have a few that are coming to mind. We just finished doing A Midsummer Night's Dream, and I really do like the fairies costume and I love it's this long light pink I think chiffon Mm -hmm. costume and every fairy is different I'm pretty positive about that every fairy is is different, different but it has these just gently sloping layers of chiffon different shapes on each dancer little pearls and jewels just simple Simple. little pearls and
0: jewels it's very Greek goddess yes
1: yes and I love how it feels it's really light it's loose it has that kind of flowiness about it yeah it's gorgeous and you kind of you get to hold it in the beginning of your Mm -hmm. part and it's just fun to dance in
0: very beautiful salmon collar very beautiful yeah
1: Another one that's coming to mind when we're talking about Karinska is I love Western Symphony. Talk about I, that's a costume. such a different... yeah
0: a costume. Yes. You can and go to costumes, Halloween party with that. Yeah, you could. Yeah. It's
1: so, so good. So the part that I did was the first movement core dancer, and you have a green, like a jade green bodice, and this, I think it's a, a black short kind of more peppy tutu.
0: Very ruffly. Yeah,
1: very ruffly. It even has like layers of other colors yeah. in the tutu, mm-hmm. which is like genius of Karinska. And then you wear black fishnet tights, black point shoes. And again, you have some kind of headpiece that's black with little green feathers coming out. And you have these black fishnet gloves. I yeah, think? you Fishnet do, yeah. gloves. Fingerless. So, yeah, fingerless. And it's so fun to wear that costume, and the first movement dance is like just matches the the costumes in the first movement. They just go so well. Yeah, they match the so, energy and the essence mm-hmm. of that first movement so. So well. that's that's another favorite. I'm giving you like three.
0: Oh. How about Stars and the Stripes?
1: Love Stars and the Stripes. Not okay. my favorite, but I love that it transforms you into the ballet yeah. that it is, which is super pomp and circumstance, mm-hmm. patriotism and red, white, and blue. But the final costume that I'm gonna bring up is something not like a part of our like distant legacy, but okay. um Recent I legacy. really like my costume in Justin Peck's The Times Are Racing.
0: Did you? I knew it. I, knew it. I, knew it. <laughs> I was waiting. Patiently.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, there's a cool story about it, is that the designer, Umberto, who has opening ceremony, the company, um, he apparently looked at, like, somehow found each dancer's Instagram or just some, like, images of the dancer just to know who the dancer was so that when he made the costumes for the piece he amped up your own personal style and mm-hmm. put it into this ballet, which it's a sneaker ballet, so it's a little more like down-to-earth. And in, in the piece, I, I feel like we're just like regular people on the uh-huh. street but doing this very exuberant dance together. Mm-hmm. And so my costume for this is this cool, asymmetrical burnt orange skirt mm-hmm. with some kind of black line down the middle – I wear a black hoodie that I think says fight <laughs> on the front in Dance purple. Fight. <laughs> and then I have black shoes on. And then I have this really awesome fur jacket, fur bomber jacket. I ended up taking it off after the opening. Mm-hmm. But
0: um, I thought you were going to say I ended up taking it home. But because I think you kind of did. I did. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> opening ceremony was selling the. Pieces in some of the pieces from the ballet in their stores, and a friend of mine told me that our particular jackets were on sale at the store, so I bought my costume, Costume. my costume jacket, but I bought it from a store, so I actually own
0: the costume. My my
1: costume, in a way. So yeah, those are my favorite three. I like the Midsummer Fairy. I like Western Symphony first movement that I was able to wear, and then I like the Times Are Racing.
0: I'm surprised coffee wasn't mentioned.
1: Coffee wasn't mentioned. It was it's a runner up. It's okay. a dem- I okay. love it. I do really like it.
0: For our regular listeners, you know coffee is one of the divertest months in Nutcracker yeah. Act Two. Yes. And it is the girl solo. I mean,
1: maybe you could lump it in there. That could be my fourth one. But that's that's okay. a lot. That's a lot. I gave you four answers and
0: and very good ones. People them.
1: really just probably wanted to know one.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, more is more. <laughs> yeah.
0: And another related question was if we shared any of the costumes. Mm-hmm. If any of the costumes are shared between the dancers. Mm-hmm. And please claire?
1: Yeah, we they are. We do share the costumes yeah. and it just means that we have to go for fittings. If it doesn't fit you perfectly, our dressers adjust them. A lot of the costumes have different hooks on the hook back, lines. like hook lines, yeah, yeah, something like that. Where you just have to match up with a certain bar of hooks, so that like if you have a wider rib cage, you can go on yeah. the looser setting, which is what I do often. And then in order to share them too, our dressers keep them clean, like, mm-hmm. and it's a process yeah. to keep such a delicate costume, like a tutu or a tunic. Right, because not
0: everything can be popped in the washer. You can't,
1: yeah, you can't just put it in the washer, so... I know a lot of steaming happens. Mm-hmm. You were even saying,
0: yeah, some um, special like disinfectant fabric yeah. sprays. Mm-hmm. A lot of hanging, mm-hmm. hanging things to dry with fans and trying to get as much ventilation into the costumes yeah. as possible.
1: Yeah, especially I think that happens with the men a lot because you have those long sleeve
0: yeah garbs and, and heavier um,
1: heavier yeah. So you have to get the fan going yeah to air it out and. I know something that's tricky for our wardrobe staff is that we will rehearse a ballet in the afternoon, and then a lot of times somebody will have to wear the same costume that was rehearsed Mm -hmm. in at, like, 5 p.m. There was a rehearsal that just ended. And then at 7, another person has to get in that same costume that was just really sweated in. So... It's a quick turnaround a lot of the time, so that's why the fans and the disinfectant spray and then the steaming has to happen. But yeah, we we share our costumes a lot.
0: Yeah, a lot. Not all of them. Sometimes you get, particularly the principals, get their um, costumes made to fit um, most of the time. But even then, uh, um, a lot of us still share. Yeah, you still end up sharing. Yeah. Yeah. The dressers have a their hands full definitely yeah they deal with like not just dressing us and making sure that everything is there but also like the aftercare and yeah the dressers and storaging they're working a lot mm-hmm. a and, lot yeah and i don't know if i feel like we've mentioned in the podcast before but um new york city valley is so fortunate to have their own costume shop where yeah. they create the costumes there themselves mm-hmm. um a lot of the times, the, um, the costume shop is also the one that designs. Sometimes we have a guest designer, but some of the times it's like not just recreating and redoing older costumes, but also a lot of in-house new creations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maintenance. A lot. Yeah. Too as well. No, it's a
1: big, it's a big business.
0: Yeah. Here's another question for you, Claire. Is it harder to become a professional dancer if you start at a local studio?
1: I would say. Not necessarily. And if you are at a local studio and you wanna pursue the professional ballet dancer track, you just wanna make sure that when you get older, like in your like junior, senior years of high school, maybe even 10th grade, mm-hmm. depending on mm-hmm. who you are, um, you wanna make sure that you're going to places, whether this be like a summer program, a full year round program, or a ballet competition, You want to go somewhere where you can be noticed potentially or you have the opportunity to be noticed Mm -hmm. by a ballet company that could hire you. Mm -hmm. And so if you're at a school like a smaller ballet school that's not affiliated with a bigger company, definitely start looking at some of the companies that you're interested in. See if you can get into one of their school programs, whether it be for the summer or the year. And then go from there. So it's certainly possible Mm -hmm. for you to come from a small school and make Mm -hmm. it to a big company. But you do have to be a little strategic. And I would say that strategy has to come when you're gearing up to enter the professional Mm -hmm. life.
0: I agree. Make sure you have exposure. Mm -hmm. That you're exposed to people that could potentially see your talent, offer you... To then, you know, uh, take the next step towards that bigger goal that you have. Yes. Because it is is hard. It doesn't matter where you come from to make it big. But it's definitely more challenging if the school you're going to, it's like located farther from Mm -hmm. the main uh, company location. Or it's just smaller and, as you said, not affiliated with some dance company.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because ultimately, you just want that affiliation yeah
0: Yeah. i think summer programs are great Mm -hmm. because you have just enough of a taste of what the school possibly even what the company Mm -hmm. attached to the school is like Mm -hmm. to see if you like it you're i feel like you hang out in the city where the school is long enough to um, get a sense if you like the city yeah like where you like like the state you like yeah, yeah anywhere if it's if it's abroad you know even better, get a taste of what that country's like. Would mm-hmm. you be interested in joining, uh, potentially joining yep. the company at some point? Yep. So yeah, I highly recommend summer programs. Yes. Plus, they're shorter and less expensive than a whole year-round program. Yes. And they're so fun. They and are. It's the summertime. Yeah,
1: it's the summer. It's like it's a it's little. vacation with dancing. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's a little less intense than like a year-round program, and mm-hmm. so you get you do get to enjoy like taste of yeah. different styles and places. And yeah,
0: and it, it, again, it probably might lead you to something Yeah, better. hopefully, yeah. hopefully. So
1: yeah. yeah, no, there's hope for everyone. And we have dancers in New York City Ballet that have come from small, relatively small yeah. places. So, all right, speaking of growing, mm-hmm. we're going to ask, this is a deep question. How do you make space for personal growth? And how do you approach personal disappointment?
0: I think that's a fantastic question that we all ask ourselves in the professional world at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's tough, and it depends on where you are in your life. You the coping and the answer to this question might be different. But what has helped me a lot is to not try to compare myself Mm -hmm. with others because it is very easy, particularly if you're dancing the same role as someone else, Mm -hmm. especially if you're second or third cast because, you know, you look up to these people, you go to their rehearsals to make sure you know it. So it's very easy to compare yourself and how you're doing it to those who you're sharing the role with. So it is easy to get, very tunnel vision and like, well, they're doing it like this and I'm not doing it like that or I might not be capable of doing it exactly like that. Mm -hmm. And that comes attached to disappointment of feeling down on yourself because you're not able to achieve something that emulates that. Yeah.
1: But you can avoid the... How do you avoid? You can avoid that own like kind of interior disappointment Mm -hmm. by not comparing yourself to other people and just... And like... In terms of personal growth, like, how can I be the best version yeah. of myself?
0: As I always say, compare yourself to yourself. Yeah. How and can I improve this? How can I make it better for myself? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's a new part or a part that you have already done before. How can I make it the best that it can be at this moment in time? Yeah. Yeah. Because also you have then the, the, the problem of comparing yourself to how you did it last time. And you might not be in the same place emotionally mm-hmm. and physically. Yeah. So even comparing to yourself could be hard enough. Yeah. So it's just focusing in the moment. Yeah. Not get caught up in the past or thinking about like, uh, how, how will this go next time I do it? Could it better? It might be worse. It's just really focusing on the person. How can you make the best of it now?
1: Yes, being attentive to each moment. Yeah. Whether that's in rehearsal or on stage. Like, that will naturally help you to grow. Mm -hmm. If you're attentive to each step and each, yeah, just each gesture, each piece in the music too. Attentive Mm -hmm. to the music.
0: But also reminding yourself to be kind to yourself. Because it's so easy to judge yourself when yeah. something particularly didn't go exactly as you have planned and or as it has been going in rehearsal. Life performance is very different. It has a different approach. It's um a lot harder. You're trying and and presenting yourself like at your highest at all times on the stage. Yeah. Well in rehearsal you may be able to like Take it easy here or there, or try things again. Right, yeah, the show—the show—you get one shot at it. Yeah, and you also have to remind yourself to have fun. It mm-hmm. can't all be about checking boxes of like, okay, I did that one step, and here yeah. comes the hard jump, <laughs> and here comes the fast turn. Yeah, you have to enjoy yourself, or or else if those things don't happen, you're gonna be very disappointed. Yes,
1: and ultimately, what what I've learned in the years is that. As an audience member, you just want to see a dancer living their best life on stage. You just want to see a dancer soaking up the music, being so in tune with the people around them. You don't want to see somebody thinking like, oh my goodness, I have to do this. Yeah, calculating. Um, Yeah, you don't want to see the calculation. But anyway, like to focus again on personal growth. Personal growth is different for each person Mm -hmm. and it's not always necessarily related to your performance Mm -hmm. and especially your career. Mm -hmm. So you might be having a harder time with a certain, like a certain role or a certain ballet class or something, but that doesn't mean that you can't or that you aren't growing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as an individual.
0: As an artist. As an artist.
1: As even a technician, I think personal growth can happen when you persevere, just, like, getting through some hard times and just doing what you're asked to do. There can be growing there and just recognizing that that is a mode of growing, too, in addition to, say, like, adding an extra pirouette. Mm -hmm. Like, there are different forms of growing within the art form, and I think sometimes that's something that not – everyone on the outside appreciates Mm -hmm. or it's not something that we as dancers understand Mm -hmm. when we're so focused on kind of the technical nitty-gritty aspects. the numbers, the numbers. Yeah, so I think as dancers, we have to remember that just by showing up and doing the work and being attentive, persevering, those are tickets to personal growth. Mm -hmm. And as somebody on the outside, like, just—I I mean, maybe it doesn't even—it's not even necessary for us to talk about like people who watch it. But mm-hmm. it's good for dancers to remember that it kind of doesn't matter what the people outside
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the people around you think mm-hmm. in terms of personal growth. It's like it is
0: personal for a it's reason. It's personal. It's
1: like, did I do better than yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and I mean, a practical tip for. That, too, is if you're, say, if you're doing a roll over and over again or you are training in a particular solo for a ballet competition, just thinking about one aspect of your performance. Like, how can I make my arms more like the music today? Mm -hmm. How can I articulate my feet so that they look super pristine? Mm -hmm. Um, So you can pick one thing to focus on and hopefully you know with all the practice you will have some kind of it will eventually come to you more naturally and then yeah in terms of disappointment like what specifically what has helped you in terms of dealing with that
0: letting it get to you in a constructive way analyzing it like okay Mm. this this happened this went this way or i'm disappointed that I didn't get this part, and this other person might have gotten it. Mm-hmm. But to only let it get to you to a point where you can, like, use it to be like, okay, I can learn from this. I can learn from this experience. I can learn from this life event. I can learn from this step that I took. How can I take that and turn it and use it and not just let it fest in you yeah. to the point where it's like, you know, it, it might get problematic where you can't? feel like you can move past, but mm-hmm. how can you use that and turn the page and be like, okay, I'm going to grow on that and not let it make me feel too disappointed on myself. Yeah. And it's not easy.
1: No, it's not easy. I think all of us fight mm-hmm. it in different ways. Yeah. But I think you make a really good point about having that uh, lens of learning. hmm and asking yourself, how can I learn from this experience yeah. instead of dwelling on, oh my goodness, I failed. Yeah. If there's one answer to that question of dealing with personal yeah. disappointment, it's looking at it through the lens of what can I learn from yeah. this, and and then uh, how can
0: I grow? Yeah. You can't get up if you don't fall down. This is true. And yeah, and, <laughs> and chances are you're never gonna be just standing up all the time. All the time. You will. Yeah. There full, and will you be will false. learn. There it will is be good false. to learn how to get up. It's very good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: okay. Well, look at us talking like... We're, like we're we psychologists. Things.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and like we've figured out all we, of these problems.
0: We've cracked the code, Claire. We've we, cracked the code.
1: We don't deal with personal disappointment anymore. Ever. because
0: no. <laughs> it's just It's so ingrained we in me. We are robots <laughs> and we <laughs> always
1: grow. <laughs>
0: yeah, no. <laughs> uh,
1: we're learning to...
0: Okay, up next. Oh, great question. (laughs) Up next, what is some of the most demanding roles you've done, and what requires a lot of stamina? Like, I feel like you can. It could be divided into what is something that is like hard in the body, and perhaps muscle, or even choreographically musical. But what is hard stamina wise? Like, what has Mm. you huffing and puffing in the wings? Hmm. Asking for oxygen.
1: Okay, a few things come to mind. Okay. The first movement, Demi Soloist and Symphony in C, uh, is very hard stamina-wise. It's also hard technically-wise. Oh gosh, yeah. It's very technical. It's all of our basic ballet steps done really quickly that. and really big. Mm-hmm. So Symphony in C, first movement, Demi Soloist part. And then... These are just things that have come up recently, yeah. but Allegro, Brilliant, I've only done the the four soloist couples, and that is super huffy and puffy. Again, big movements, quick movements.
0: All of the ballet steps. All of invented. the ballet steps. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's really wonderful. They're both wonderful. Those are the two for me that get me really huffing and puffing and that are also challenging on oh the body, God. like yeah. on the legs and the quickness. Yeah. yeah. How about you?
0: I'll have to say uh, Symphony in Three Movements uh, the by potted, George the Balanchine, um, I, I mean, I'm sure any part that you do, yeah, it's demanding. But I have to say that the couple with the long pas de deux, because of the structure of the ballet where like you do a solo, particularly for the male dancer, you go from the solo into the three couples dance into the of day, into the finale. Mm-hmm. Like it just happens one after another. Yeah. And it's just, you just don't realize, but it's just so demanding because you don't stop moving. So you kind of don't realize at what point you start getting tired. You just know that towards the end, it's really hard. It just, it feels like death. Yeah. Yeah. It might not look it, but it's just, it's it's hard. It's yeah. It's hard.
1: I know. That's and, all. And other gents have said
0: that too. Yeah. I think, I think. Like has, Anyone a has reputation. Anyone who has done it knows that, yeah, yeah, it it is very demanding. Mm-hmm. But also, I have to say, when we did fearful symmetries, oh by yeah. Peter Martins, I remember that being very hard. Actually,
1: that's true.
0: That's another one that you just really it it requires a lot of like mental power of like I'm getting through this yeah the sweat I remember sweating sweating I, a lot I
1: will say I think that part is harder for the gents again than the ladies like it was definitely hard mm-hmm. but I just heard through the grapevine that it was ridiculously hard for the men yeah for whatever reason I think I think because you're lifting it's, us it's a the lot structure of like yeah it's the structure a lot of the to times another. yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many difficult ones. I mean, even the easier ones are still really difficult. I'm still out of breath for a lot of things. But you kind of learn as you grow in a role. You just learn when to breathe. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you know that certain parts you don't have to punch as much. But you only learn that through practice.
0: Amen. Yeah. Also just like... Knowing that you have gotten through before, it has yeah. a like mental aspect that you're like, I know this is physically possible. Like, yes. I know this can be done. I've done it before. So you kind of just like relax. Yeah. Because when you're doing something with the pressure and the tension of like, oh my God, how am I going to get through? Yeah. How am I breathing? It's a lot. Will I be able to go on? Can I feel my feet? Are my feet pointing? It's too many thoughts and too many things going on.
1: And then it takes away the energy that you
0: could use for... To point your feet. Yeah, to yeah. really point your feet. Yeah. Yeah, I I get it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Very connected to personal growth.
1: Very connected. (laughs) We're still learning. Um, And then in the context of performance or Mm -hmm. rehearsal, how do you keep your muscles warm?
0: Yeah. So our days sometimes are like you rehearse close to the show and that's great because then you feel like you're warmer towards mm-hmm. the end of the day, and that's great for the show. And sometimes your rehearsals are right after class, which are, is also great because you're warm from <laughs> class, but then the show is so Love far that. away, it's hours <laughs> away. So how do you keep yourself warm in between? One of them, of course, is like maintain yourself somewhere moving. Mm-hmm. You might want to do like a light, a different type of movement and exercising, Pilates or gyro or get on the bike. Mm-hmm. Or CrossFit and something that yep. like will keep yourself somewhere warm, so you don't go for a long yeah. period of time without doing physical activity. The other one is making sure that you are actually warm, like like if it's cold in the building as yeah. it sometimes is, make sure you're wearing enough clothing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, leg warmers,
0: leg warmers, jackets. any wraps, especially if you're dealing with like soreness or injury. Right, make sure that, like make sure you're wearing the appropriate wrap and brace. Yeah, and taping, taping and all helps. of that. Yes, it really does. Having a heating pad. Yeah, heating pads great to the back when the back is tight.
1: Yeah, I know that some dancers they'll do a heating pad in the morning before doing ballet class mm-hmm. because then it gets their muscles just warm without doing too much physical activity. Yeah. I know that other people do warm showers mm-hmm. before. Certain things, whether that be a rehearsal or a performance, so that, again, like, there's...
0: Blood. That blood. Yeah, it just like your... Rush of yeah, blood. Yeah, your
1: body gets warm from Heat. the outside source. hmm Also, I agreed that if you have a long break or if you're in a rehearsal where you're not dancing that much, but you know that you will need to dance, just do something mm-hmm. during that time so that your muscles are a little bit awake, they're not dormant. Yep. Um, because that really
0: does help.
1: Yeah, wearing layers, all that stuff. So, so yeah, if it's
0: w- nice out. Go for if a if while. If it's sunny, just go and sit outside for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, it, just you
1: sit. If it's hot, you can just sit there and get yeah. <laughs>
0: get yeah. warm. Have to do nothing. <laughs>
1: you do not <can't laughs> do anything. Okay, this is a fun question. Oh, very fun
0: question. And I know you're <laughs> gonna have a good answer for it. Is there a favorite composer that you like dancing to? Yes,
1: I think again, hmm. well, some of these answers are because of what we're doing or what we have done mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. at New York City Ballet. But I really, really enjoy dancing in A Midsummer Night's Dream because Mendelssohn, Mendelssohn. It's a bop. Um, it's it's, oh, <laughs> my I don't know if I would say it's a bop. It's a bop. <laughs> I think but, it is. Okay, I think this is why I like it. It's very Mm song-like. It's very lyrical. Very singable. Mm -hmm. Very singable. So I come away just singing it.
0: Earlier Um, you were just singing it down the I was
1: warming up. (laughs) (laughs) I really care about this podcast, so I was warming up my voice by singing. "Midsummer." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I just, it's so joyful and it's so colored and imaginative and I think the thing for me is it's very Mm song-like so when something is very song-like the the dancing just comes out very naturally for me but I don't know if I've really danced a lot of Mendelssohn outside Mm -hmm. of the context Mm -hmm. of Midsummer Night's Dream which is why I'm like I don't know if I can say that that's my favorite, but I know that I love dancing to Mendelssohn in the context of A Midsummer Night Dream. I guess, like, our other main choreo- composers are like, we dance to Tchaikovsky, mm-hmm. Stravinsky. Stravinsky, Chopin, what else? I mean, I mean those are some of our favorite Bizet.
0: Symphony, see, that music. Um, that music.
1: Yeah. The, the, I would say those are kind of our main our main mm-hmm. guys. And out of those... I, I, glass. Learned... Oh, oh, oh Philip, glass. Philip Glass.
0: That's a really really fun good... to dance to. Re-
1: yeah, um, glass pieces. Glass That's pieces. really That's fun real... to dance to. I mean, there's so many great ones. I suppose if I c- had to pick one other one, I'd say Tchaikovsky mm-hmm. for similar reasons as Mendelssohn, just because it's so like grand and a little bit of that lyricism. Yeah. But what do you think? What is your favorite composer to dance
0: I'm... to? I'm. And, and and the story of how like he composed it being so young for symphony and C for symphony yeah. and C it's like so impressive, and I, I, it's one of those things that even if he doesn't go, um, whatever season we're doing, it's like it, I'm always singing it. Yeah,
1: the music is. I'm great. always
0: singing it. It's really good. I really I really like dancing to that piece of music, but Stravinsky. As complicated and as difficult and as unsingable as it can come across, once you get to know the music, it's so intricate and so interesting and so different that there is there is a, a very impressive, beautiful effect to it. Yeah. That, yeah, you might not be able to sing it. You might only be able to count it, but it's so satisfying. Yeah. Because it's so, like, chaotic mathematically that if you do know the math to it, it's so satisfying yeah. to be right on the music. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's a fine line because it's very easy to get off the music yeah. unless you really know it. And, yeah. and getting to that point is also very, like, wow, I hear every note. I hear every instrument playing to mm-hmm. this. And it's just very satisfying to me, and fun, and different, and weird. I yeah. like weird. I think, like,
1: two words are coming to my mind, too, is that, like, it's both raw and mystical. Mm-hmm. All at the same time. Stravinsky, a lot of, at least a lot of the things I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's, like, raw and mystical. And it hits your soul yeah. in a very deep way. And, and in a very, not, like, a grand Tchaikovsky way. It's Correct. in a more nuanced, Correct. weird like whoa i felt like my soul was just touched because yeah. i was listening to this music or
0: yeah. yeah i mean i do have to say that balanchine had the capacity to bring that out to a physical level where mm-hmm. like you were dancing to those notes and those counts with steps that they just really uh, conduct that emotion out of the music so well and yeah. they match it so well mm-hmm that um, it's different from coming and hearing the piece or just, you know, listening to it uh, without the dancing. But once yeah. you see the dancing, it's one thing. But if you do the dancing, I'm just like, oh, these two go together so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes.
1: Okay. We have one last
0: but not question,
1: but definitely not least question. And that is, what do you do if you don't have rosin?
0: Okay, whoever asked <laughs> this, bravo. Good very job, smart, good very job. smart. You must be a regular. You get us. You know what this is. Shout out podcast to you, whoever you <laughs> are. So, probably listeners, as you know from before, we've explained that the purpose and function of rosin is to uh, create that grip to put in your shoes or in your hands, anywhere really. The powder helps you have a more of a traction yes, and a little more of a grip mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. anything you do because, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, particularly pointe shoes are yeah. so slippery yeah. and the floor is slick mm-hmm. and the movements, you go up and down and it can happen Slippy so easily. be slidey, yep. yeah. So what I have experienced and seen be done in the past when there was no rosin it was one, it was Firm Grip, which mm-hmm. is this spray yep. that it has a very similar function. It is, yeah, it's just some aerosol spray where it gets very sticky very mm-hmm. quick with mm-hmm. the product. Mm-hmm. And another very old school um, remedy to uh, the absence of rosin is soda. So like a Coca-Cola poured in water and then you mop the floor Mm-hmm. with it if i mean if the whole stage is slippery then just you know mop the whole floor but if um do you find it like oh i just want to get my shoes just get a little bit of the water with Coca Cola, coke and 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 um yeah napkin pad your shoes with yeah. it and do a few turns on uh-huh. that on, on that spot to get that stickiness of that sugary stickiness because uh-huh. we've all had that like you spill a little bit of soda on yourself and then your hands like sticky. get so sticky from that sugar that it actually is a great tip for yeah. getting the stickiness into your dancing.
1: I didn't know that until you mentioned that the other day. And it makes complete sense. Yeah. Though. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> everyone, go buy some Coke. And don't if drink it, it. But just it, don't just drink use it, have it. It, <laughs> it. Have it as part of your little backup kit. <laughs> um, just a can of Coke. Casual. Yeah. So that's all we have for this Ask the Dancer episode. Thanks for tuning in, and we will keep you posted about mm-hmm. future episodes. Yes. And enjoy the summer.
0: Yes. Enjoy your summer. Take care of yourself. Be safe. And you will be hearing from us sometime soon. Not bye. too soon. Yeah. Not, not too <laughs> soon. But not too late. Don't you worry, we'll be back. <laughs> okay. Bye. bye. It made you question. Yeah, it made you saying. wonder. Whoever that was, very good question. hmm
1: <laughs>